0: Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway.
1: Welcome, folks, to About the House. This is your audio university of knowledge on everything about your home, from construction to maintenance to remodeling, real estate, even investing, and through the blessing of the answer that we have a forever library that they've put together for us through podcast, which is pretty cool because there's so much information that we put out every every week that you will want to make sure that you go back. So what we do every week is that we have a specific, oh, either a trade or a product or something that we put out. And that way, you're not just a whole bunch of different things that comes at you. you got a specific questions and answers. But this week oh by the way this is troy galloway i am your humble host of about the house i'm the owner of galloway building services uh we are a one just like this show here We are a -a one-of-a-kind company. There isn't another company in the Midwest that provides the unique services we do every day. We help people with construction consulting, so if you ever have any questions or problems on your construction site, you give us a holler. We also do new construction inspections. I don't think there's another company in the Midwest that actually is qualified uh, to do this. Uh, We also do commercial and residential inspections, buying or selling a building or a home, as well as we also do construction conflict resolution and expert witnessing, if you ever need any for any litigation. And I hope that uh, sometimes that happens, but we don't like to see that. We've been in the business in the St. Louis region here for over 35 years, and I have been in the construction industry as a builder, a contractor, uh, building engineer for 42 years so uh, this week we are going to mix it up a little bit uh, before we get started we're gonna we're gonna actually all the questions i've been asking you folks to write in this is what we're going to be touching base on but before we do let me uh, give a shout out to our one of our premier sponsors and that's jnh properties real estate brokers hey they're large This company is large enough to handle any of your home buying and selling needs, but yet what's really cool about them is they're very sensitive they're small enough to be one-on-one and care with you so whoever you're working with you're going to work with them all the way through and it's not going to be passed on to somebody else and that you know it's very stressful buying a house or even selling your home and it's really comforting to know that you have somebody that's with you that you can call or talk to and they know you you guys become friends and it's very, it's, it really helps a lot. And their number is 314-602-4835. That's 314-602-4835. Well, like I said earlier, that so what we're going to do today is just a little bit different than what we have been. But I've been promising about answering people's questions. And I am not only the host today, but I am also the guest. So you got a whole hour of me and I'm really excited for this because this is a a lot of great information that we're going to be putting out here today. So we're going to jump right in on this and uh, start with the questions. And so and actually some of these questions I get asked a lot even out on my inspection projects and such. But so one of the questions is, is I have ice on my air conditioning line outside to the compressor. Why is that? Well, we get ice on our lines outside. That's, for one, that's not a good sign. What are some things that are happening is, one, that we could be just low on, free on. And that means that we got a possible leak. And so we want – you could call your guy out there and they'll test that to make sure. You know, and other reasons that we have that is that we – or anything like that. It's also because – with our air conditioning lines, if they're low on air, that's one. But also, if the temperature, so you know, we've been kind of having some of this weather, in the you know, in June, not so much now because we're in the heat of the month here in July. But you can't be running your air conditioning anything under sixty-five degrees because it's not properly. Oh, uh, doing its duty. Now we had a great podcast on that, so I want you to go back and check that out with Tom Millen, uh, and he talks more about that in depth. And I'm not an HVAC specialist, uh, though I've been around a long time uh, to know about it. But here's another one: Why where, where we're talking AC, air conditioning, is that I have that, that people have been asking me, and this is this is something I check too when I do inspections my AC line is super hot, is that all right? So I'm assuming that they're talking about not the insulation, the one with the fat, big fat line coming out, it's that little skinny line that's coming out, and that's good, You, that's, that's going in back into your home, being super hot, that's the way I can tell is this thing properly working. It's not catch all, but it's a great do-it-yourselfer, or if you're buying and sell, or you're buying a home and you want to check it out. Now you can't run your air conditioners again. Lender thing of sixty five. Uh, some people say sixty, but sixty five because you could damage it. Uh, but that's always an awesome one right there to make sure that you do. So and also too, while we're on the subject of ACs, uh, you know, this wasn't a question, but this is something we talk about a lot. Make sure that when we cut the grass that we got that dust and all the debris around our compressor outside keep that clean that's very important so as that the unit can actually function correctly what we don't want to do is spend more money for the electric to be making sure we keep t- cooling our home yeah. The power companies make plenty of money. We don't need to help them anymore, don't no, what well, We have to. So, them are just a little bit on the ACs because uh, we jumped right into that because it is uh, that heating season. So, but we're going to the next question. My doors won't stay open, and what can I do about it? Ah, this is an old carpenter trick that we've been doing for years. And so, what happens is, is sometimes, well, sometimes the doors are just poorly hung. Yeah, you know I mean, and poorly installed, and so when you you know the doors just you don't want them to shut. You want your doors to stay open. Sometimes, mostly it's interior doors uh that you we have that concern with. So we'll, this is a little like I said, it's old carpenter trick. So you pull your hinge pin out, hinge pin out. You don't have to do it to all of them, but I would like to see at least the center one pulled out. You take that hinge pin out. You don't have to take your door down, and you take it out. You smack it with your hammer a few times. You put a little slight bend in it. What that does is when – now you're going to have to take a hammer and put it back in there, you know. uh, But you're not trying to bend it so you can actually see a bend, but just enough that you put a little bit of friction on it. And that is the old carpenter trick. And don't let anybody try to sell you and think that you got to have a all-brand-new door put in. That will help tremendously. Hey, while we're on doors, I want, here's another question that people was asking me. And I get asked this question, but this just popped up over our, uh, in our email and also on our uh, web page. So I guess it's a really popular question or a question is really frustrating people. And the, the, the fellow said or the person said, I have a fiberglass front door and the window fell I meaning that i take it that that's that glass inside of the you know or, or the of the of the door and he said well, they want to know how come that happened well i reached back out so i kind of got a little better handle on this one but i asked him do you have a storm door on front of your uh, doors fiberglass fiberglass doors in my opinion, are better than steel doors, and you're going to pay a little more for them because they are a quality door. They have a better, a little better insulation value, and uh, they're. I mean, they're just a, they're just all around. They, they come with pre finishes. They're just a pretty great door. But when you put a storm door on the front of it, what happens is is that especially an unventilated storm door, all glass storm door. People put all glass on there because that beauty. Of that fiberglass door, they want the neighbors and everybody to see. Great curb appeal. But when you put an uninsulated uh, or a, a full glass door in front of it, unventilated, excuse me, a storm door, that creates such a heat during the summertime, especially when you have southern exposure, that it really twists that door a little bit and that glass will fall a little bit. Now, that glass is not going to fall out of the opening. But it does make it very unsightly so my recommendation as i tell everybody is that you want to make sure that if you have a full glass get a vented bed like at the base of it there's they sell forever doors or a different type of great brands out there besides that that you can get that will have that little ventilation so you got to get some air to it uh or actually Just don't put the storm door on it, one or the other, because you don't want to compromise your door. Well, folks, hey, we are getting ready to wrap up this segment. This is Troy Galloway, your humble host, uh, owner of Galloway Building Services, your host of About the House. I really appreciate this time. I got a whole bunch more questions. I really encourage you all to make some notes. Uh, get Contact us on our uh, Galloway Building Services Facebook page. And also check us out on our webpage. Got lots of great information on this, too. That uh, not just about the company, but all kinds of things that we're talking about and have talked about in the past. We will catch you on the flip side. Thank you, folks, for listening.
0: Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway.
1: Welcome back, folks, to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway, owner of Galloway Building Services. We have been in business as a construction consulting and inspection company for over 35 years. I also teach at the college. We're going to be coming up here. We'll be talking more about that, construction classes, inspection classes. So apparently i just love to talk and i hope that i don't talk your ear off or bore you to death i could pester them folks in the classroom a little better than i can over the radio but i will do my best but anyway we we are going to be just focusing on questions asked by folks I always encourage everybody, hey, reach out there, ask us questions, and we can what most of these questions we will, will answer you immediately, but these are general questions that I know a lot of folks they think about and they ask about, so I wanted to share them with you today, and so we're jumping right back into this and one of the questions I get asked, and this is a pretty pretty good question we get asked pretty often, how many roofs can I have on my home to still get an f h a r v a loan so that's a great question you can have up to two layers of roof on your home any more than that fha won't take care of it so why i mentioned that is because whenever we get uh roofers come out to your home and and they always say they want to strip it off now i'm not saying there's anything of stripping it down to the bare wood and starting again but if money is an issue you need a new roof You can easily put two layers on why you don't want to have more than that because there's a lot of weight going on one of these roofs so you don't want to have more weight that's why they don't want and also too the thicker it is the longer the nail the less opportunity it is to catch the meat down there of the bare wood so two layers that's a good one so the next question is how what do you inspect on the roof And so when I go up on a roof, I yes, I'm looking at how many layers of shingles are up on the roof. And yes, I'm looking at the conditions, some of the conditions that we're looking at. And these are things that you guys can do, you folks can do yourself whenever you're looking at your roof or you're looking to invest in a piece of property. So you look up there. You don't even have to get on the roof for this one. You could use it on the ground or a pair of binoculars. But what you're looking for is any kind of major discoloration. Maybe some shingles are more than others. Also, I want you to be looking for any kind of curling. Now, shingles are a petroleum product and... Petroleum based products, so they will dry out naturally from the sun. And as the are starting to dry out, then you will see that they are curling. That means that even though you got good granular, you got some good material up there, you're coming to the end of the lifespan of your shingles. So just think that uh, you're going to have to be putting that into the budget. Also, nail pops. We're going to talk about nail pops in another segment and another time here. Uh, but if you start seeing any kind of lifting on a shingle, Shingle versus the other shingles all laying flat—that's another area of concern that you want to make sure something else is happening they there making them nails pop up. So I jump up when I go and do an inspection. We get up on the roof and I'm looking at several different things. One of the issues that I'm looking at is softness. So when I walk across, and I'm, a, I'm a pretty good old sized fellow. You know, I put a little bit of per square a little weight per square foot per shingle. But if I feel that roof's moving or I feel that sagging or or softness, that could be an issue of some moisture issues. Now, we could talk more about that and we will when we bring in a roofer, uh, but what to be looking for. But you want to make sure that it's pretty solid. Now, the old days, you know, which wasn't that old for me, uh, but we forever put down three-eighths plywood. Three-eighths plywood is not adequate enough to hold the weight. But it doesn't make it so you have to tear it all off. You do not have to tear it all off, but it's going to give you a little bit of that spring in there. So you want to make sure that you know. The, so don't wor- don't let somebody sell you five eighths, three quarter. You know that's where they're going at now. Also, when I'm up there, I'm looking at around the roof. I'm looking on the uh, around the chimney. I'm looking at the flashing, and that's that metal stuff that goes around your chimney. I want to make sure that it's sealed up against the chimney tight. But I also want to make sure that any flashing, not just around the chimney, but any sections of the roof, the metal pieces again, is not just flush against the house, but flush on the roof. If it's not flush on the roof, you can get a driving rain that'll go right up underneath it and enter your home. Also, if it's not tight against the house or the roof heavy snow that sits up there and we get them here in missouri and illinois we will definitely you know that snow melts that heat comes up and it just sucks it right down into the home and that causes moisture issues you'll see that moisture issues a lot of times but by the time you see it in the house it's a little late and you'll see some staining and whatnot. So these are things to be looking for. I'm also looking at your stack pipes. I'm looking to make sure that the flashing around that looking good. Uh, the aluminum. We also have a lead stack pipe system that your shield that goes around. It. Make sure that that's all done correctly also. So these are some things that you want to make sure that we take care of on the roof. So while we're looking at the roof, let's go over here to gutters here. And uh, so people say, how, how this is? We have in a par, large part of the city area. Our gutters are literally going into uh, the storm sewer system. Others got an underground system, and they go out into the yard. And so it's really impossible to see whether they're clogged or not. And I always have this on our Facebook page during the rainy seasons this is and, and also I got YouTube videos of this too that you could check out but what happened how you do that how to check it it's real simple and you should do this every spring and fall you want to go back out there with a garden hose and stick down that drain. Let that garden hose run. It should not back up. Let it run for you know, for for a few minutes because you want to give it plenty of time to absorb, fill that up. And if you start seeing water backing up, you got a drainage issue. If you get this drainage issue and you're not knowing about it, that water's backing up and going down into your basement. We don't need more water problems in our basement. Now, there are companies out there that can clean that for you. So it's not like you got to tear it up or remove it. But you want to make sure you take care of that uh, and to watch that. Also, people ask me, and this has been one of the questions here, especially people that move in from out of state, because other areas of the country, they don't use gutters like we do. I worked down in Kentucky and Tennessee for a few years, and a lot of the folks, they don't use it. They have big overhangs. So the water sheds away from the house. We have in Missouri, St. Louis, and Illinois area, smaller uh, overhangs around our house. And so we really do need the gutters. I highly recommend that we have gutters and good downspouts. Uh, Good downspouts mean clean downspouts and if you can't get up there to clean it yourself you can always hire a handyman to take care of it they're really reasonable and it's really that important that we take care of that so we want to make sure we do that uh now we will move on that's pretty much it for the roofing of this this section here but also too now i wanted here's a question how can i tell we're going to talk about stack pipes because that was coming up into the roof how can i tell if i got a cracked stack pipe all right, there's a few ways to send it naturally. If you see water, and we had ore plumbing with us here last week, or not last, well, last week was aired on the show. I want to, uh, not by airtime, but by FaceTime here or on our page, you can check by leaks. Another good way of checking on it is the old plumbers used to use smoke bombs. They'd put them down into the toilet, flush it, and then see if its smoke come up. Hey, if you're doing an inspection or you're looking to buy a house, that's not going to make anybody happy, so don't do that. Here is a great old-timers pl- – you're talking to an old-timer, so yeah, I got all the old-time tricks – peppermint extract. You go get a bottle of peppermint extract. You flush that down the toilet. Give us some time. Give a few minutes. If that's so so smelly that you will smell that if you got a crack stack pipe in your home. We had one here last year. Well, actually, it was this during the winter. The stack pipe had literally was, had gotten broken because of the ice up on the roof and it was contracting and expanding. It was so bad that the customer was talking about his stack pipe issues, thinking he had some problems. Literally, I got pictures of this. It's, it's almost hard to believe. Pictures of this where the stack pipe section fell and hit him almost on the head. It hit him on the arm, just just almost back. There. It would have just knocked him cold. Well, anyway, these are some great tips on this here, and uh, these are some great questions. I am going to wrap up this segment. We will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to About the House. We'll see you on your side. Sponsored by Troy
0: Galloway and Galloway Building Services, your top choice for professional home inspections in the St. Louis area. GallowayBuildingServices.com. Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway.
1: Welcome back, folks, to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway, owner of Galloway Building Services. I am your premier construction consulting and inspection company. And we are here today just answering a bunch of questions. I always ask you, everybody, hey, reach out to our Facebook page and our web page. Web page is a great place, too. I got a place right there for it, asking questions. And we will get back with you right away. But because some of these questions are being asked so often, I wanted to come on here on the air today and share them with you. And hopefully they're going to be a lot of help and help guide you and also keep you from maybe getting ripped off by somebody selling you something you really don't need. And that, you know, the better educated we are, the more money all of us is going to make. I just love to educate. I teach at the colleges, and I hope that this is an education too. So let's just jump right into this. I am not only the guest, I am the host. I'm the whole shebang today. So here we go. One of the questions that gets asked a lot, because this is an area that we get a lot of salts, a lot of chemicals from snow, and of course, oil leaking on our driveways from old cars. Do you recommend sealing driveways? I absolutely do. It doesn't take much to seal the driveway. Now, there's when we're talking sealing, there's a couple of different things that we're talking. First, let's talk about just sealing the concrete substance itself. If you got a good sealant on it, and you can you could just you could roll it on, you can spray it on. Don't go to, well, I better not say that. Go to a quality concrete company that sells concrete products. They're going to get you the highest end and product and they're going to get you something that's last. It's very important, but you know, this is going to keep our salts and stuff. You see on our driveways a lot of times how they're pitting and you know and they start and when they start pitting then you start getting crackage and different things like that also happening Uh, and it just that makes it so it doesn't cause any of that also you can get a good one to help keep the oil any oil drippings off of your cars and to keep your driveways looking nice and fresh driveways are very expensive and we don't need any more problems with them now also too you have on all your driveways what we call expansion cracks. There are where that's where you see the lines drawn in through your concrete. So what now when that's they're designed for that to crack to controlled cracks. There could not only are they pretty yes, but we also want to have our crackage from concrete. One thing in, this, in the Midwest we guarantee concrete will crack. So. I want you to go and you can buy this product either at a concrete supply house or you can buy this same product at a uh, Home Depot or Lowe's and it comes in a caulking tube. It's a very elastic and you could put, put that in your crack. I like it because all your cracks because what that does is it keeps the moisture, the ice and water from getting underneath it. When that happens, then you start getting heaving and lift and movement and then you get more cracks where they're not supposed to be, like out of the field. You want to make sure you seal all of that, and I like that products out there because them products like that because they do move with the concrete. Your materials are going to be moving out there. So you want to make Sure that you take care of that it 's really economical, folks, just for a few dollars man you 're going to save thousands and thousands of dollars, so a little bit of uh, being proactive is really worth your time, so I want to make sure we recommend on that so we 're going to move over to another one here real quick, like, and in the winter, this is a winter one here, but they asked me just this recently. I had water coming down my furnace chimney during the wintertime. Why is that? Well, I, I I reached back out to him and talked to him about we have some asbestos insulated, wrapped this is good at this not bad asbestos so don't worry about that but this is wrapping around our chimney well you're getting some condensation and you're getting it because of the different moisture uh, temperature from the rooftop down to the furnace naturally and so that's causing that to be an issue there's ways of fixing that so I, when yet when that time comes if you have that give me a call That's very important. Also, too, I also want to mention while I got a few moments here, when up on your chimney or your or your exhaust pipes or your chimney of your your cook your furnace, you make sure they are not rusting out. If they are, you seeing signs of rust on it, you can seal it with some some good metal paint, spray paint, rust oleum paint designed for heat. It's real cheap, it's five bucks. Six bucks could save you, again, thousands of dollars. You see any rust up there on any of your stuff? Spray it down. Not just on your stack pipes, not just on your plumbing, pi- or on your chimneys, but on your stuff, all, anything that's rusting up there. Just, like I say, just a little bit of money is going to save you. Tons and tons of money. So be proactive. Well folks, this is wrapping up this segment. I thank you for your time. This is Troy Galloway, and we will see you on the other side. And if you have any questions, please write them down. Send them to us. I love to talk about it. Thank you and appreciate your time. Bye, bye.
0: Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway.
1: Welcome back, folks, to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway. I am the premier construction consulting and building inspector in the Midwest, we're going to jump right back in here on our questions i have uh, people's been sending me questions for ever since we started this show and i've been promising that i was going to get back with y'all on some of these and so a lot of these questions what we're talking about now i've reached already talked to everybody that's asked me but i uh, these some of these questions i get asked a lot so that's why i felt like they would be most interesting and because this is the heating season we're not looking to spend any more money on AC. I mean, for heaven's sake, that, that electric bill is high enough without paying spending more money. And so this is one of the questions we get asked. What are some of the areas that lets air infiltration in besides around my windows? This is a great question. So I want you to walk, do a little quick walk, so you around the house, you know, and and make these, take some of these notes. But some of the things I want you to be looking at, you got your all protrusions. That's anything going in or out of the house, like around your gas pipes. Uh, them are great. Air, them are areas that, that air and water can get into. Gas pipes, you know, that AC where that AC lines are running into your home. That's also a place. And you'll see a lot of times that there's no kind of sealant or caulking around it, and that's falling out. Now, when we do a green energy certificate on a home, we make sure that things are all taken care of. But, of course, naturally over a course of time, these things fall out. This is where air is coming through into your home. So that's a great spot that you wanna make sure. So uh, now also, while we're on the outside talking about this, also want you to look. So say if you got brick or stone and it's going up against uh, their foundation or it's going up against your siding, whatever's type of siding, don't make any difference, aluminum, vinyl, whatnot. You wanna have that sealed also. Seal that caulking and now for the longest time, that had never been a code requirement. It is a code requirement on new construction now, but naturally, we got thousands and thousands of homes that's not there, and also it wears off. So you want to make sure, not only are we trying to keep air out, but we also want to keep moisture out. Moisture, you know, naturally creates mold and other kinds of issues, of deterioration. So we want to make sure we take care of that. Also, real quick, like I want to go back inside the house. You can all your outlets, all of your switches that's on the exterior wall. They sell little kits that you just take off your faceplate and you put these little they're like a little foam gaskets that go into it. That will save you a ton of money. Also, believe it or not, you go get the child proof plugs, you know, where you plug them into your outlets. That way children can not stick your finger. Air comes through there also. Just stuck them right inside of there. If you got something plugged into it, that's gonna clog it. But if there's nothing clogged plugged into it, use that. Folks, just this little bit of air infiltration issues right there are gonna save you a ton of money. So I recommend that you, after we get done with the show, you walk around and you see what you could do. Not just going to save your heating, but it's going to save your air conditioning also. All right. So while we're outside walking around our home, this is a question that we get asked. And this is uh we get wash out underneath our concrete drive, or, well, concrete driveways, concrete front porches, our concrete rear patios. Now, we can stick dirt back underneath there and and naturally dirt's going to work but you know dirt just got washed out from underneath there so what is really the best permanent way well this is how i recommend and been recommending this for years it's a wonderful way go to home depot lowe's menards any of these kind of places you don't have to go to a, a, a concrete shop and get some bags of dry mixed concrete you're not going to mix it. I want you to take that concrete and shove that up underneath where the voids are. Concrete has this thing. The the drier it sets, you know, when you're not putting water to it, the harder it sets. Not only is it creating a barrier so as that animals can't get into it anymore, and it also stops any kind of wash out, but it also gives you some bracing. You know, when that washed out, that concrete's just floating. And you know, if you got it floating, then it's going to also have tendency of cracking. And then, in case we get any kind of moisture issues, as we talked about with the driveways, that's going to cause more crackage. You know, so just you and it's just real simple. You just take a few, you know, take that, just shove that right up underneath there, and that is going to save you a whole bunch, a whole bunch of money. And it's real simple. It's easy to do, and uh, just regular, just dry-sack concrete mix. So take take care of that. So them are two. Uh, that's an awesome way of wrapping that up. So anyway, we're going to go in here real quick, and this is one that I hear about, ask a lot about. And uh, customers said, I smell pee in my house. I just bought it, and I can't see any stains. What should I do? Well, there may be stains in there. So when you're buying a home, sometimes that, Pet urine can get all the way underneath. We're going to have some special people coming in talking about that. But how you can do this for yourself, you get a black light. You start, you do go through the house with your black light. Of course, you want the, the lights dimmer, you know, and you go through there. The urine stains will come up out of there. So they might have done a great job of cleaning it, but dim urine stains can go all the way through into the subfloor, and that will tell you where the highlights, the worst areas are and that'll say if you got and then of course get a hold of a good cleaning company sometimes they can't even do it you got to get all the way to the subfloor but that's another subject but that's a fabulous way to take care of it and be looking for it well folks this is wrapping up this segment i'm having a ball doing this here answering all your questions this is Troy Galloway your humble host of About the House and we will see you on the other side thank you <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway, owner of Galloway Building Services. And I have just been having a ball here this afternoon doing this and talking through this here. And uh, so I really want to have an opportunity to wrap this up. Uh, I want to th- I never give thanks to the guy that really takes care of us, Joey. He's our producer. Man, i tell you what, we couldn't have this show. I know you hear that on other talk shows. But, you know, truth is, their guys ain't near as good as the guy I got. So I'm very lucky. And uh, all it takes is a little bit of chocolate chip cookies to bribe him, And he takes good care of us. Now, thank you, Joey. Anyway, I am going to jump right back in here to your questions here today. And this is one that we get asked a lot also. And also we get this on our question and answer sheets a lot on our Facebook, Galloway Building Services, and our webpage, Galloway Building Services. How many bids should I get? Before I hire a contractor, well, that's a really great question because the uh, first thing you might think of is I need to have as many bids as possible. Well, honestly, that's really not good advice, believe it or not. And the reason it's not such good advice is because by the time you listen to a dozen people or, or, you know, is your brain just, you know, blows up and you're not going to hardly remember anything that any of them said because they all got a little bit different. So I would highly recommend that first, if you got any referrals, that you get, you call them in and like, check out our Facebook page. I, I, we actually got a preferred list of contractors on our web page. And these are men that, and women that I have worked with in the past. And they, I know them personally. And they will take good care of you. And if they don't, you got somebody to call. So that's a great source of referrals right there. Also, of course, anybody, your friends or anybody that's had work done. Now, how many bids? I think you should have multiple bids, but I think in three, four bids, that's pretty good, especially if they're good folks. And, you know, there's more than just getting a cheap price. Actually, you shouldn't go with the cheapest price. You should honestly go for who you feel most comfortable with in your home. Also, who you feel most comfortable with, who is referring you. These are, you know, when these people enter your home, they're your guests, and they're going to be there for a while. So you want to make sure that they are somebody that you feel good in your home. Next question I get asked, and this is something that we specialize in. We have a bad contractor, Troy, and he won't listen to us on the workmanship. What can we do? Well, we are the only company that does this. We do construction litigation, construction consulting. We come in and we talk and look at the project and we'll tell you. Maybe they're doing it right and you happen to have one of these neighbors telling you that it's wrong. And he knows everything except for what he's talking about. You know, we all have one of them neighbors. But sometimes the job really is done wrong. And you want to make sure, or oh, you don't even know that it's done wrong. Do they do have any problems. And they want that big last draw, you know. Well, which we're going to talk more about that in other proj- uh, other shows. You want to make sure you give us a call. Let us take a look at it. And we'll let you know what your punch list is, let you know what needs to be done. Make sure you're not being conned because uh, I tell you what, when they get done, they got the tail light warranties. When you no longer see them tail lights, they're gone. You ain't getting them back once that check's cleared the bank. Well, folks, I have really enjoyed this doing this with you here today. And I want to thank one of our premier sponsors, J&H Properties, Real Estate Brokers, I, I just cannot say enough about them actually, we have a podcast with them with actually they're gonna come back and do some with us you and uh, I want you to be, you know go back and check them out. That's a great information you know it's really important that you're working with somebody when it's this stressful time that makes you feel good, so it makes you feel comfortable so call three one four six zero two four eight three five and This is Troy Galloway, your humble host, and if you ever need anything from us, you give us a call, 314-520-6655. Thank you, folks. God bless you.